Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda, and welcome to The Pemberley Podcast. Yolanda, I think we need to address a major step that we have made in having Julia Cho on the show. It's a big deal, and it's really cool that we we actually got to interview her and talk with her and... It's funny because I, I was part of one of the Seahorses Q&A with Julia Cho and Laura Spencer and I asked them a question and it's just weird and funny that now years later we actually got to sit down with her and have like this proper long interview and talk with her about her time on the show. It was pretty surreal for us because, you know, one of the points of us starting this podcast is we're by the fans for the fans. Yeah. And we actually had the nerve to reach out on Facebook yeah. Tell her about us and say, would you like to come on? And she said yes and didn't think we were axe murderers. <laughs> and That's an advantage. Yeah. And I remember, you know, you and I were in here in my apartment. And then she, uh, if anyone has seen Seinfeld, you know how apartments work. You ring the thing, you talk through the box in the wall. <laughs> you know how apartments You know work. how apartments, you've how they do. You've seen movies. You've seen movies. Yeah. You've seen Seinfeld. Yes. Um, and then over the speaker, I heard her voice go, huh, it's Julia. And she sounded exactly the way that she sounds in the videos. And I don't know if it's a weird thing to say that, you know, she sounds exactly like herself. <laughs> but it's just everything I always imagined. Yeah. The fact that she's been, she retweeted us and yeah. posted the link to her Facebook. Really just a special thanks again to Julia Cho for coming on the show, for being so sweet and... <sighs> Posting so the link gracious. and retweeting, and thanks to her, we have a lot of new people listening. Yes, hello, new listeners. Welcome yes. to the show. So, hello and welcome. We're so glad that you found your way here, whether it was through Julia or through Hank. Through Hank. Hank. Yeah. That was another really super unexpected turn when yeah. Hank Green, Hank Green <laughs> saw it through Twitter our little feed of our podcast and then retweeted us yeah and then you and i were texting back and forth all day did you see this retweet did you see that message did i know. you see and you know we saw i still the, can't believe it happened yeah. to us <laughs> just it's it's really cool how supportive they've been yeah. and like i'm like have you listened do you know what kind you know of quality we we're, you're dealing with do we but, yeah, we have. Either way, uh, no matter how which way you found yourself here and listening, we're so glad you're here. Yes. And we're excited to dive into these next two episodes. Yeah, actually, this is a great place to, if you ignore every episode we've ever done, this is a great place to dive in <laughs> yes. because things are really starting to happen yeah. in the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Let's start with episode 23, One Sister Behind, written by Bernie Sue. And we are post Bing Lee's party, the one that Lydia manipulated her way into making mm -hmm. sure Bing actually put on. The Netherfield ball, if yes. you will. Which it sounds like a ball. There was a uh, swan sculpture and also Buko. I found it amusing that Lizzie had never heard of it. I had also never heard of right, it. Right, I wasn't sure what they were saying. So. Exactly. I was actually surprised that I spelled it correctly into Google. And for those who don't know what Asobuco is, it is a Milanese speciality of cross-cut veal shanks braised with vegetables, white wine, and broth. 
barely still know what that means. But uh, it's from Milan. Milan, <laughs> darling. Milan. I'm, and um, Viol is. Yes. And, and it's super you know? fancy. Mm-hmm. They had ice sculptures. They sent invitations out for this party. Mm-hmm. So not the crazy wild party maybe Lydia was expecting. It but sounds... a much more classy occasion for definitely Jane's uh, Jane's tone. Oh yeah, she loved everything. Especially since everything we know about Jane's reaction to the party and to Bing is completely fabricated by Lizzie. Yes. <laughs> Would we expect anything less? I mean, she doesn't have the facts. The only facts that we have is that Jane is still at Bing's house. The biggest thing to note is not... What was left at Bingley's, but whom? My name is Izzy Bennett, and Jane didn't come home last night. You know what that means. Well. <laughs> <laughs> they were up talking. They, yes. All night, according to Jane. So we see that Jane got binged, which... We don't see that. <laughs> we don't see that, but you know what? I believe this is supposed to be a euphemism for banged. Right. I think that we can do a new interpretation of it. Banged is, you know. And in this case, binged means you stayed up all night talking to your significant other or significant other apparent and had a lovely time and are having breakfast together. So she got binged. The big thing that I just that threw me off is the fact that that's what Lizzie starts with is like, Jane didn't come home last night. Mm-hmm. This is just completely airing all of Jane's private life. This has no reservations of Jane's privacy. She's just like, this is my sister's love life. And this is what's happening. Yeah, Lizzie like shamelessly airs out her laundry. You know, yeah. it's still very and she comes up with a pretty sappy interpretation of what happened between Bing and Jane. Like, everything is so perfect and wonderful. It's as if the clouds parted for the stars. Don't they seem especially bright? The script that Lizzie comes up with, it sounds like a very, like, cheesy old movie where they're, like, very exaggerating in their romantic proclamations of declarations yeah declarations of uh, comparing one another to like the moons the stars and like all this grand grand sort of gesture type of stuff when really i'm sure they were just like staring into each other's eyes and still looking at the stars probably they were probably saying exactly all those things (laughs) but just not those exact words yeah Kind of reminds me of from It's a Wonderful Life when George Bailey's like, right. well, you want the moon? Uh, say the word, I'll throw a lasso around it. And, you know, yeah, it's adorable. You're not going to do that, George Bailey. Right. But thanks for the effort. <laughs> Snaps for you. <laughs> but we could have, she gives us costume theater, but we really didn't need it because mm. it's speculating the conversation about what happened. But then she just reads, she reads Jane's text message for the whole internet to hear, <laughs> yes. like, just talked. Everything was perfect. Getting breakfast. Actually, I found the perfect quote in the book, Pride and Prejudice, that pretty much sums up the Lizzie Bennet diaries. It goes, as Elizabeth had no longer any interest of her own to pursue, she turned her attention almost entirely on her sister Mm. and Mr. Bingley. Boom. That's... That's the video like diaries. Like the log line. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what they have for real. Like, it's about a 24-year-old grad student. No. It is about Elizabeth, who has no longer any interest of her own to pursue. So she turns her attention entirely to her sister 
and Mr. Bingley. That's the entire plot of this episode is mm-hmm. Jane. As most episodes. Yes, most episodes so far have just been about Jane and Bing's relationship, the slow progressing the really relationship. Glacial progression of the relationship. <laughs> yes, you know? Is, yeah. You know who we don't hear about is Darcy. Yeah, we don't hear about him at all, whether he was at the party, whether she had any interactions with him. Nothing. And even Caroline. We don't hear about her either. No. Wouldn't they be at this party? Wouldn't they try to not be the lives of this party? I'm confused who Lizzie was talking to all night. (laughs) I guess she may have just been wrangling in Lydia all night. And that's why she felt more preoccupied and or was completely avoiding Darcy and Caroline at all costs. Because I am sure they have a huge house that's possible. It's And it's been noted. (laughs) Yes. Lizzie says something really interesting after sort of going into the relationship between Jane and Bing. She says, Only the deepest love should lead to marriage. Seriously, remember that. Which is, we've got something really interesting to unpack here. Because it's supposed to go with this quote that says, I'm determined that only the deepest love will induce me into matrimony. So I shall end an old maid and teach your ten children to embroider cushions and play their instruments very ill. And it sounds like something that should be read out of Pride and Prejudice, but it's not. Even you and I checked. <laughs> yeah, even on Goodreads, you can find that quote and it's like, this is a Jane Austen quote. But I think it's one of these quotes that has just gotten quoted a lot because of the... 1995 BBC version because of the 2005 movie version of that quote. Mm -hmm. And now it's been adapted again into this modern adaptation, but Mm -hmm. it's not in the original text. Right. No, it's not canonical. We, if you, it it comes from the 1995 miniseries. uh, And I just read that quote. And there's something similar in the 2005 movie, which in which Elizabeth, uh, there's like a scene after the Netherfield ball. I think it's right after, actually, it's right after, it's not the Netherfield Ball. It's right after they meet Bingley for the first time. Yes. And, like, Keira Knightley and uh, Rosamund Pike are, like, under the covers, like, talking about boys. And Elizabeth says, I agree entirely. Only the deepest love will persuade me into matrimony, which is why I will end up an old maid. So it's sort of a shortened version of that. Mm-hmm. but And this is an even shorter version of yeah. that. <laughs> but if you kind of look at this quote, it does kind of come off as a modern person's interpretation of whining about being single. Because I shall end an old maid and teach your ten children to embroider cushions and play their instruments very ill. Did everyone complain about being an old maid in this way back then? I wasn't around. I wasn't there. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this would have been... This is whoever wrote that 1995 adaptation. Their mm. interpretation of Elizabeth Bennet, how she views marriage Mm -hmm. of like only the deepest love could ever persuade her into that but in Jane Austen times even though like sure ideally and even I think there's a part where Charlotte says like happiness in marriage is like by chance like it's not guaranteed Mm -hmm. it's still like not the end all be all like you have to fall in love in order to get married for them Mm -hmm. it's like you have to get married out of necessity in order to live in order to have money so I yeah this quote is definitely more of a, a modern view of marriage in that time well i think she's also picturing she's kind of bemoaning her own single circumstances which she's not really that unhappy it's just everyone's perception of what should be happiness yes and so she's saying 
you know, the ideal version of happiness is having 10 kids who can embroider cushions and play musical instruments. Mm -hmm. Since I'm not going to have any of those kids, I'm going to teach your kids to embroider cushions and play instruments, and they're going to do it poorly. There's a really depressing quote from Pride and Prejudice where I think her mother says, Jane will be quite an old maid soon, I declare. She's almost three and twenty. Lord, how ashamed I should be of not being married before three and twenty. Which is, of course, 23, which is exactly how old I am right now. <laughs> so you are an old maid. I am definitely an old maid. And I don't know what I am if I Oh, you're... you're there's no hope for <laughs> there's you. There's no hope. It's all over. At 25. <laughs> ah, no hope. <laughs> it's all over. It's all downhill from here. We'll depend on our siblings to have their 10 kids and we'll... I guess I can't so. embroider cushions or play an instrument. I'll, like, take them to Disneyland. <laughs> I'll be the cool aunt. Very expensive, <laughs> but... I'm going to wait until I have money Got you. Got <laughs> to be the cool aunt. Uh, right now, I would hypothetically be the poor aunt. <laughs> That's fine. So the single aunt, the poor aunt. You just got to save up until that happens. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to take care of me before I take care of imaginary kids that aren't even mine. Gotcha. But it's kind of a big moment for Lizzie because she's realizing that it's not just going to be her nuclear family forever. Like, if Jane doesn't marry Bing, she's such a catch. She's going to marry someone. She's going to move out of the house. She's going to start a family of her own. She's just not going to see her as much. She's slowly realizing that Jane could leave very soon, sooner than she thinks. I think she knows that this relationship is progressing, but now she sees, oh, it's getting serious. Mm -hmm. And Jane could either move in with Bing. She could... If things, if they, if the web series wanted to go there and really escalate it, they could elope or different things could have happened. But now Lizzie's realizing my sister isn't going to be around. My big sister who kind of keeps everyone sane and keeps everyone not so chaotic uh, mm. is suddenly going to be gone. And that balance between the three sisters will be gone, really. Even bigger than that, because remember, we're also starting to lose Charlotte. Charlotte's starting to pull away and we're seeing signs that she doesn't want the same things for her life that Lizzie wants. Right. So she's losing her best friend. She's losing her closest sister, which is a great segue into the next part of this episode. All she has is Lydia, which is not a good option in her eyes. Well, you'll always still have me, right? <laughs> oh, lucky me. I get to keep the boy crazy, completely irresponsible substance abuser. Lizzie is mean so mean super mean to lydia like she's been mean behind her back <laughs> which is probably <laughs> which is worse because she's still doing it on the internet for a lot of people to see and usually lydia is like with her ear to the door listening and bursts in and tells her off or like yells at her but this is like I, it's just a different weird level of mean it's next like, level to her face because she doesn't know she's being like that's that's so, it I, I get it. I see how Lizzie sees this. Like, my younger sister bursts in and mm -hmm. she's like, didn't we have a great time at the party? Like, oh, you still have me, right? And Lizzie's like, he, he, this is my sibling who craves attention. And honestly, after 24 years, or no, Lydia's like 20. 20 yeah, 20. Oh, yeah. After 20 years, she's like kind of over Lydia getting the attention. But it's not like that for Lydia. Lydia's just trying to get close to her older sister. And we see that, which is some great acting on Mary Kate's part, because it's so subtle when she's like, oh, yeah, 
Like, you know, she's hurt when Lizzie's yeah. like, ugh, yeah, I'm stuck with you. But she just brushes it off yeah. because she doesn't want that conflict. She doesn't want to seem like she's hurt or phased mm-hmm. by Lizzie's comments. She kind of just wants to seem like the cool and carefree younger sister. Mm-hmm. So those things start to build up, though, for Lydia. Like, it's yeah. not just going to, she's not just always going to have that sort of carefree response. No, yeah. I mean, Lizzie's at the point where she's like, I'm so sick of Lydia taking all of this attention. She doesn't deserve it. She needs to get a grip. And Lydia is actually trying to get a grip. And it's not so much that she wants attention for the sake of getting attention. She wants to bond with her older sister because I'm sure she sees a lot of what Lizzie's seeing, which is that things are coming apart. The normal that they have been living with has is becoming unglued. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to hang on to something and Lizzie's kind of it and she's ignoring all the signs. We should be therapists. (laughs) (laughs) She's being a very negligent older sister. Mm, That's a great word. And then she presents Lizzie with the necklace that she lost. It comes full. There are two things that come full circle here. One, Lizzie talks about, oh, and I think I lost my favorite necklace. And then Lydia's like, hold out your hand, dummy. (laughs) And she presents the favorite necklace which, if I'm going to be completely honest, did not look all that cute. It looked like a bracelet, too. I didn't it know. It looked really chunky. Yeah. But, like, not deliberately chunky. Like, something that you would get at a gas station. It felt like, if it were, like, a special locket, I would get it. But <laughs> it's not. I mean, granted, we didn't see the whole thing. Right. So I can't criticize the necklace. It was just kind of noisy. Yes. It, and not only that, but then... Lydia tries to give an affectionate kiss to her sister. <laughs> I love that both times with Charlotte and with Lydia where Lizzie has to like stop, stop these yeah. women from kissing her. She's like, what? Don't you want more views? It comes full circle. Yeah. It's like this little heartfelt moment for a second. Mm-hmm. And then it's back to Lydia again, which is, which is great. Let, or Lizzie kind of for a split second starts to appreciate Lydia when she gives her the necklace back. She's like, oh, what have you done with my younger sister? Yeah. But it's not enough. You no. can't come back from that. There's there's very small moments where they they're heartfelt toward one another. Mm-hmm. There's like yeah. moments of her being protective. Yeah. yeah, but it's just not seen all the time. Lizzie doesn't protect Lydia. No, yeah. she's like, oh yeah, let me throw you under the bus. Yes. <laughs> Gladly. Yeah. Going into episode twenty four now. Jane's back. And mom isn't happy. Written by Bernie Sue. So in this episode, Jane is back from Bingley's house. Back at home. We don't see Jane. We don't see her. But we hear all about, via costume theater, how disappointing it is that she's home instead of shacking up with Bing. I thought that was a funny twist. Because (laughs) the way it's presented, you think... Mrs. Bennett is going to be upset that Jane would stay over at a boy's house. And why would she do that and risk her chances of being seen as a presentable woman <laughs> and, and get married? But no, it's quite the opposite. And Mrs. Bennett oh, yeah. is saying, like, Jane, stay there every night of the week if you have Don't to. Don't come back if you're not pregnant. It's desperate times for our desperate daughters. Stay there as long as you want. I think that's what... Uh, Lizzie says as Cos like yes for time because uh, Mr. Bennett was like I thought it's usually the man who pursues the woman and she's like desperate times call for desperate measures. Besides talking about the fact that Jane's back, there's not much else that happens in this episode plot wise to move it forward except they're going to VidCon. Very true, but it's sort of like that 
it's the announcement that we're going to VidCon. Yeah. But we're not there yet. I think that we should talk about this because obviously the Bennett family does not make a pilgrimage to VidCon in um, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> yes. It's kind of a shameless plug. I mean, yeah. Hank started the convention. I mean. Hank started the Lizzie Venna Diaries? <laughs> yes. Are we, like, seeing a pattern here? You have that great quote by Lizzie. To those of you who don't know, VidCon is an annual convention about web video. Seriously. A convention about web video. Who came up with that? It was Hank Green. I think it was a very clever idea. I mean, oh, it is. You uh, incorporate your this other thing you've started with this other show you have. And so you put the two things together and... You have one thing. Yes, you have one thing. And lots of people got to see them at VidCon, I'm sure. I was not one of them, but they had fun. Well, I remember Julia was telling us about this. I think, first of all, it's pretty exciting because people had been watching this series and they could be like, oh... We get to see these actresses at VidCon. It's pretty crazy that only 23 episodes in, so many fans were so excited to see them at VidCon. It, mm-hmm. I mean, given also it is this convention that Hank Green started. This is a show that Hank Green co-created. So there's going to be a lot of fans of the two things. Mm-hmm. So that's why there's a lot of fans who are going crazy over it. But... Still, it's, it's not that far into the series. None of the men have been introduced, so... There's no a, boys. Yeah. Not yet, however. Yes. Uh, that I mean, it's also exciting because VidCon is a real thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like it's like when Jimmy Neutron and Timmy Turner visited each other's worlds. Like, that's what's happening here. Worlds are colliding, and fans of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries can meet... Lizzie Bennett and Lydia Bennett and Jane Bennett and Charlotte Lou. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, Julia Cho, our our new BFF, <laughs> okay. she was even telling us that um, she and Ashley and Mary Kate and Laura were just walk innocently walking around the Anaheim Convention Center and got accosted by fans. I didn't go in 2012, <laughs> but I can tell you I would have been one of them yes. had I been there. They seem really shocked that Lydia got a pass. It's VidCon. It's not Fort Knox. You know, you just buy a ticket and they're like, good God, how did Lydia get a ticket? You know, if you have a credit card, they're not like that hard to come by. I guess it is more that like, if it was the next day, mm-hmm. maybe it was, was it sold out already? Was it more expensive? I feel it, like it could have been a thing where it was sold out by that time. And so it's like, how did you get a ticket? Uh, did VidCon sell out then? Because if I recall, in 2012, attendance was like 6,000, which is still kind of a lot. But the following year, it was 11,000. Well, they had, and it's just they had more now. of the convention by that time, yeah. too. So mm-hmm. that's also a factor. But even then, like, she kind of gives a wink to the camera of like, I had help. Like, I know someone. <laughs> Don't you worry, dear nerdy and way less adorable older sister. I have friends in high places. Who does she know? Who is helping her? She's got little elves working for her. Yeah, I'm not sure if like her connection could be Bing or if it's... Darcy? No, it wouldn't be Darcy. It would have to either be Bing or unless Lydia somehow like emailed Hank Green like, 
thousands of times and like send me to vidcon my sister is going i wouldn't put it past her it was going through the comments there was a great deal of speculation that her friends in high places is hank green ah okay that must have been it then (laughs) i know so let's dive into the comments we have some really good ones for episode 23 would you like to read the first comment of episode 23 pure johnny said awesome profound outlaw said lydia the master of getting more viewers she was trying to help her sister out she was trying trying to to just give her big sister a kiss (laughs) which was rejected she could have made that the thumbnail but she chose not to althena luna says in which lydia does something very sweet and thoughtful and then immediately reverts to being stereotypically lydia would you expect anything else no Murder of Calm says, binging just gives me horrible mental images of doing something dirty with a search engine. Because, you know, binging, you get it. Maybe it was just... Because it's not banging, it's bing. Bing Lee. The whole point of naming him Bing Lee was really they had a partnership with Microsoft. They were trying to, yeah, you know. That's where the money came from. Because everyone uses bing. There's a whole conspiracy. How... How high up does this go? I keep for- I even saying Bing, I forget that that's a real thing. <laughs> like, no one uses, that's a real search engine. No one uses Bing. They did in the uh, the Amazing Spider Man. Andrew Garfield was searching the web. On he was Bing. He was on his own. Everyone criticized that because they were like, yeah. no one searches on Bing. Well, if you're a sponsor, you search whatever they tell you. Exactly. <laughs> the chosen nerf says Lizzie's impression of Jane makes her sound like. Fluttershy from MLP. Which, of course, stands for My Little Pony. No, nope, um, not of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I would recommend anyone who has the time okay. immediately go to YouTube and look up Pat Oswalt on Conan, where he talks about his young daughter being obsessed with My Little Pony, but it actually turns into an intelligent explanation on his part, outlining the... My Little Pony universe, and it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I'll link it in the WordPress the page. The My Little Pony universe. Fluttershy is um one of the Pegasi. She's got the wings what? so that she can fly around. She's not one of the Earth ponies. You, there's multiple kinds. Well, there's three oh, kinds God. of ponies in the My Little Pony universe. There's the Earth ponies, like you know, the, and then there's the the uh, of course, and, yes, of course, and then there's the Pegasi. But uh, then there's also, like, the ones in Ponyville. Anyway, if you... Ponyville? Where do you think they live, Yolanda? Oh what planet are you from? I don't know. I'm Obviously only, not Ponyville. I'm only familiar with Earth ponies and barely. <laughs> anyway, I'll show you the video later. Oh it is gosh. well worth your time. This, really- this is not even me being sarcastic. I, I, I love that video. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Comments for episode 24. First comment is... By the Schnappy, who says, I smell something fishy with Lydia, which is the first time we've had a comment that was more than a word, I think. (laughs) It's a very intelligent first comment because I feel like it was usually a refresh and then type, just get a word out and then send it out into the... But this person clearly sat down, watched the entire video, saw Lydia come in with her VidCon ticket... And then took the time to comment. It's easily one of those things also that, like, there's a lot of deleted accounts, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, but this is the first one I saw. Yeah. <laughs> Abigail Allen says, 
I'm reading Pride and Prejudice for my English GCSE, and every time Lizzie's mother speaks, I can only read it in the <laughs> accent we know and love in these videos. Oh, Lizzie Bennet Diaries, thanks to you, I can never read Pride and Prejudice properly. Ever. It's awesome. That must be interesting, because that's a, a different accent. I mean, could you find a, a Mrs. <laughs> Bennet quote and read it? Sure. Uh, Jane Austen's text in that in the was he's mrs bennett accent i've uh, got the book open right here oh my dear cried his wife i cannot bear to hear that mentioned pray do not talk of that odious man i do think it is the hardest thing in the world that your estate should be entailed away from your own children and i am sure if i had been you i should have tried long ago to do something or other about it it kind of goes. It works. It yeah. works every time. Bra- bravo. Yeah. You know, it, uh, she kind of does these dramatic, long sentences that yeah. are full of a lot of words. And it, it the southern accent pulls it off. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. All right. That wraps it up for this episode. If for any of our new listeners, you want to get a hold of us, please follow us on Twitter at the Pemberley. Or if you want, if you've got something on your mind and you want to share something, you want us to bring something up on the podcast, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com slash thepemberley. And feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. It's actually a lot easier for other people, all of your other crazy obsessed Lizzie Bennet Diaries fans to find our podcast if there are more reviews. So feel free to go to iTunes and leave us a review. We'll love you forever. We promise. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye.